It is 19 minutes before the hour here on the Drive at Large radio show. And we're pleased to be in studio with Jim Gadette, whose photos we're sharing from Jim Gadette Public Safety Segment Anchor. On Facebook to our Gerard at Large timeline, Jim's going to be explaining these. I'm not exactly sure what they are. I just saw him take them, upload them, post them, and now I'm sharing. So (laughs) Jim is retired New Hampshire law enforcement. You know, I didn't expect to get into this rant this morning, but I also didn't expect to open up Facebook and find that I'm being assaulted over stupid things by people who apparently have got too much time on their hands and not more of a concern in their lives. I, I, I kind of figured I'd kind of, you know, share a little bit about the exciting weekend that I had with my son visiting various colleges in various places and all that fun stuff. But no. Anyway, good morning, Jim. Morning, Reti- Rich. <laughs> so you're, re- you're a retired police prosecutor. Do I? I mean, is there is there is there like a, a prosecution for dumb? Yeah. I should say yeah, dumb. Yeah, we, well, willfully stupid. Yeah, lo- yeah, yeah, willfully stupid after dark used to be kind of an offense. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we used to have a joke, you know, and it's not a joke, but when you think about it, too stupid to live should be an acceptable jury verdict sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we call that the death penalty. Yeah. 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 You know. Oh, well. Anyway, good morning, Jim. Hey, how are you? I'm unbelievable, thanks. Say, it's been 20 minutes and I haven't seen you quite come down Well, the yet, chocolate, get, the chocolate, I just got some of the chocolate into me during the break. Yeah, somebody just sent me a note, Connie needs a hobby. She has one. <laughs> belly aching about me and Beaudry and Freeman and you know any a number of other make-believe crises that she's uh, fancied herself Don Quixote in, in pursuit of anyway or maybe she's Dulcinea could be I have no idea all right so Jim tell, tell us about these maps well you know what again, do we got uh, a couple things kind of led me to think that we should probably start talking about this again but uh you know, the statistics that you had mentioned at the top of the hour are out from Manchester for September. Um, you know, we're losing our chief medical examiner uh, in the state of New Hampshire. Dr. Andrews is, uh, you know, given us 20 years, I think maybe 21 by the time he goes, possibly. Uh, great guy. Uh, I can't imagine how burnt out he must be, you know, doing, you know, all these autopsies every day on overdose deaths, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently he's having a you know a, a career and a life change at you know at the age of sixty, probably driven by the opioid crisis. Um, he's uh, entered a diaconate program for his church, and he's going to become a youth minister, uh, you know, uh, with an anti-drug message. Mm. Uh, you know, so a, a different approach rather than seeing him at the uh, you know the end of that journey. Uh, when he's cutting them up. But um, so, you know, there was a couple of things that made me think that it's probably time to highlight this again. But, and yeah. unfortunately, it doesn't really lend itself well to radio. But um, they had, and it's funny, they call it a product. But a product? Uh, yeah, this, this entire drug, New Hampshire drug, uh, you know, the drug czar and all these people, they have access to all these statistics. They're collated statewide and they come out. And it's the New Hampshire IAC, the Information Analysis Center, that actually puts this together in a product. So it's kind of like a briefing, you know, that you'd see in the federal government. So they put all these things together, and there's some really nifty charts and graphs, which don't really, you know, impress me all that much. But, you know, just to give people a little reference, I think you had mentioned this morning, I think the, the safe station or city, the cities are out. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we had 118 overdose doses reported in September, 11 deaths. 
and I think it was 200-something, maybe 201 safe station visits. Yeah, 201. Yeah, 201. So, yeah, it's interesting because while the overdose numbers, um, you know, we've had more overdoses year to date this year than last year. Not as many deaths, but uh, a, a, a significant number, I'd say a fair number more uh, in the overdoses, while the numbers safe station are climbing and rapidly. So what's that tell you? What's that say about this? Um, first of all, I think probably thank God for Safe Station and Mayor Ted Gatsis's impatience with the idea that it was going to take at least six months to get it up and running because that's, what, 1,700 people who have um, gotten help. Well, that's 1,700 people who have come for help. Right. There are some people who have gone there multiple times, and that's not to say that that person doesn't come back next week and go out and overdose and die. So, again, I, I guess my only comment to that would be is imagine what these numbers would look like without safe, safe stations. Station. It'd be, it'd be, be an, I mean, it's an epidemic now, but, I mean, it would be, you know, like kind of, I guess to use that walking dead analogy, mm-hmm. you know, it would be, it would be horrendous. Um, but I did, out, out of all the statistics and things, because they do lend themselves to a nice visual, there's, there's two statistics that are out there. So for 2017 – they had a statistic out there on overdose deaths by town throughout mm-hmm. the, or the municipality. Okay. And, you know, it's so a nice color chart. That's, that's the first chart I put out there. And mind you, this only goes halfway through September. Okay. And mind you that there's probably still a six to eight, sometimes even a 10-week um, lag where there's toxicology reports out that, you know, they have a pretty good idea what the cause of death is, mm-hmm. pretty apparent. Yeah. But until they get that tox screen back or that tox report back, they're not going to say it's a cause of death is an overdose. So right. if anything, they're underreported on these statistics. But sitting right there in the middle of this map, it's the only red spot on the map is the city of Manchester mm-hmm. at 51 or more deaths in 2017 by September 19th. Um, kind yeah. of surprising to me was, you know, not surprising, but surprising, but Rochester is right out there with Nashua in yep. the second tier, mm-hmm. so, you know, and uh, that's, you know, that's 11 to 25. You know, and then the usual typical suspects, you know, Concord mm-hmm. uh, is sitting right there. Some seacoast towns, Salem and Derry, no mm-hmm. shock. Mm-hmm. Lebanon, again, not a big shock, you know, to me. Uh, but, you know, you kind of look at it and it's a nice visual representation of, you know, where all your problems are. Uh, which again shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But no. then you got, you know, then you get back and we talk about safe stations and the other graphic, which is pretty interesting that I really like. And again, it's overlaid on the state map. Is the Narcan administration for a year's period uh, by town, and they went back from September of last year through August thirty first of this year. And again, Manchester is the epicenter. It's the only red blot on the map yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, 501 to 750 Narcan administrations in that, in that time period, that one-year time period. Yeah. Um, Nashua was number two, which again, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, second largest you know, uh, municipality in the state, and it's a border town. But again, now you're starting to see you know, some of the other pockets that are having problems. Rochester's right up there again, but with the city of Concord. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, I know from, you know, dealing with and, and speaking with, you know, uh, law enforcement officers up that way that, yeah, there's there's a problem up there as well yeah. uh, in the capital city. But now you're starting to see places like, you know, Laconia, Franklin, Dover, Keene, 
Uh, what's that? What's that yellow blot out there in Cheshire? That's keen. Cheshire. That's keen. That's keen. Right. Uh, you know, again, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that there's no, you know, that there's opioids in a college town. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's it doesn't paint a very very you know pretty picture. Um, it, it seems to me that we 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 aren't even close to having control over this. Well, you're not, but you know the thing that you know kind of galls me a little bit, you know, and it's probably one of the things that gets me, you know, gets me crazy is is you know when you know especially now this time of the year during you know political season, you know, people are trying to hang this around the mayor's head like it's his fault, you know. And again, I mean, you know, it's I guess it's a political game, you know. You try and blame people for stuff, and you and you take credit for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is not either the mayor's success or the mayor's failure. It's a, it's you know, they, you know, Mara used to say you're not going to arrest your way out of it. Well, yeah, it's a multidiscipline approach, and it, there's a lot of people that, right, you know, have skin in the game. No, but it, the but the mayor, I mean, I don't think there's much else he could do. Right. You know, he's 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 trying to give the police department, the fire department, you know, in, in many instances, you know, the resources that they have. Uh, you know, they have to work within a budget. I don't think anybody, when they budgeted last year, had, had any idea no. how epidemic this problem was. No. And, and but, you know, to, to, to your point, though, I mean, he was instrumental. It might not have been his idea, but he was instrumental in getting safe stations launched. The, the city departments did come up with a plan. They've sure. done any number of things. Um to as a city try to respond to it, and right. nobody has been a louder voice for the need uh, uh, to get treatment, to get money released from the state. That uh, is well, right. That's the other part of to that find, is to it, try to and get, get federal court granting, here. to get drug court, to try and <laughs> now find, to find housing, yeah, and some funding uh, it, sources, yeah. you know, to support you know safe stations because we're getting all these people from other jurisdictions coming in that don't have their own safe stations. Yeah, well, 40% of the people who come through a safe station are Manchester residents. The rest of them come from somewhere outside of the city, um, including, I think, 16 different states now. Uh, probably they've got a family member here who says, come home or whatever. Yeah, they're couch surfing locally for a little bit. Brings them in or whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, it it is. I'll tell you... Well, it's a huge drain on the resources, you know, in, yeah. in, in a time where you're competing for every, you know, for every dollar. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Right, right. But even, even, even beyond the, um, you know, even, even beyond the resources. I mean, you know, uh, you you hear it a lot, but uh, you know, America's soul is sick, and it's, oh. it's sick. It's because it it it's it's people in so many ways have sort of lost faith that there is sort of that almighty, all loving creator, God in heaven that loves them kind of thing. And, you know, New Hampshire is uh, objectively the most unchurched state in the nation. And what do you expect? Well, New England in general, right. Compared right. to other areas of the country. Right, but New Hampshire is by far the most unchurched, meaning there are fewer people affiliated with an organized religion, whether it's the Catholic Church or any any of the non-denominational sects, you know, of right. any church. And so it it almost you know it doesn't surprise me that we've got these issues uh, because there's nothing bigger in people's lives to sort of give them hope or otherwise hold them accountable. And add to that. 
you've got uh, apparently doctors in, in, in New Hampshire and, and throughout New England, but in particularly New Hampshire, are they're the Pez dispensers of opioids. I, I, I saw some stat, and maybe you caught this so you could correct me, like something like 13 million drugs a month are dispensed oh, yeah. in the state? Opioids? Yeah. What the hell? That's a pretty broad class when you consider it, but you know, I, I, you're but just thinking about mil- you know, that, the oxy. There were only 1.3 million people in the state. How are 13 million pills prescribed every month? Well, you know, a lot of pain out there, Rich. That's crazy. <laughs> of course it is. So, of course it is. You know, I, I just, I don't get that. I think it was a major, it was Cigna just came out and made an announcement that uh, starting, I think, in January, uh, they will no longer cover prescriptions for Oxycont- oxycodone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, people who are, you know, there's going to be some, you know, some exceptions and some exemptions, but they're putting all yeah. of their customers on notice or their, you know, their insured, you know, clients on notice that, yeah, you know, so you're going to have to start thinking of another way for your pain management. Yeah. And when they, and when they hit the, and when, when those clients hit their, their, uh, their withdrawal symptoms, it's going to, uh, well, I know you got to pull the plug somehow, but you know, yeah, you've got, you, you've got to find some way, uh, you know, to kind of dig yourself out of this hole. But yeah, it's you know, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you know, again, I I'm a very visual person. I look at that mm-hmm. map and I say, wow, it yeah. just bang, it's right there. Yeah, you there may be two dozen communities in the state of New Hampshire that haven't seen a. Uh, you oh know. yeah, and, and it, it's amazingly absent in the North Country, which is kind of funny, but well, not funny, but you know, makes makes a lot of sense to me. You know, one for availability and. You know, your your regular heroin de- dealer is going to stick out like a sore thumb up in, you know, whatever, <laughs> Errol, New Hampshire, or up in Colebrook. But, um, you know, and I, I was out with a, a a bunch of people, and you know, many of them in law enforcement currently, uh, Saturday night, and a couple of them are doing, you know, actual drug work. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you know, and, and we see it even in my, my business today, this is driving so much of the crime. Oh. In so many of these areas, I think I think both Mara and Willard have said that easily eighty eighty five percent of the crime in Manchester is directly res- uh, tied to this. Well, opioid not crisis. even Manchester. I mean, even in surrounding communities, even oh, yeah. in communities where our company has retail locations, we're seeing it in forms of theft, shopliftings. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's internal or external. Um, you know, all kinds of different crimes. I mean, you know, they they have to feed that need. You know, if there's thirteen million people, you know, thirteen million and whatever, you know, pills. Mm. Again, you know, it, it, you can't steal the stuff. You got to pay for it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Looking locally, the only community in our listening area that hasn't been uh, hasn't been touched by this is New Boston. Well, again, and what's southwest of New Boston? Is that uh, southwest could be Lineboro? Yeah, yeah. I think that is Lineboro. But anyway, I can't see it on the map in the picture. Yeah, it's Lineboro. It's Lineboro. Yeah, so New Boston to Lineboro, sanctuaries from the opioid crisis. Well, they haven't even used Narcan out there. Yeah, maybe they're not reporting. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, and actually, that could come out from another thing. If you have a regional, you know, I guess that's one of the things you look at for the statistics. You know, Wilton Lineboro shares their ambulance service. Yeah. So does Wilton report those statistics because the ambulance drives out of Wilton? Right. Even if it happens on a call in Lineboro? Mm-hmm. You know, those are some of those you know, little vagaries that you may want to, you know, when you're looking at these statistics. And and looking at this map, uh, let me see, Bedford has got a worse problem than Goffstown, which is kind of surprising to me. And uh, let me see, Hooksit. Yeah, so Hooksit and Bedford are on par. Uh, Londonderry and Derry are worse than Bedford and Merrimack. 
And then there's Litchfield, Goffstown, Auburn. Candy, what's that little... Is that Raymond? No, probably Chester if it's really, really small. No, it's really green. Oh, that's Concord. Raymond's in Roch, uh, Rockingham County. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I was looking at... Oh. Ah. There we go. So... Oh, wrong map. Yeah, it is Raymond using the Narcan. So Raymond's, Raymond seems to have a, per, a, a particular problem, too. Yeah, but. and again, you know, none of these things really, really surprise me. It's just kind of where they show up on a rating. You know, it was interesting. You know, Rochester doesn't surprise me. I don't think people really get how how tough Rochester is. Yeah, Rochester's you know, for an area. But I was just reading one of the Supreme Court slip opinions that came out. It had nothing to do with drugs, but it's a 2015 case where— uh, was it involved a seizure and the arrest of a a, a member of the Bloods? Yeah, you know, in a carload of these people, which were known to be in the area, and this is two years ago, two and a half years ago, in Rochester, in Ro- New Hampshire. Rochester, New Hampshire. Real you quick know. question for you: sure. AG is uh, AG is trying to prosecute a Massachusetts man for the eventual overdose death of a Rochester uh, resident, yep. and uh, the the dealer sold the drugs to an intermediary who apparently got them to what say you about the AG going after I don't after think I don't you know the origi- it's, it's, what, they, what they believe to be the original source We have the statute it doesn't matter where the defendant is living if mm-hmm. if the AG has a clean you know chain of evidence and they can prove that it went from A to B to C mm-hmm. you know without adulteration cutting whatever um, then I think they can make their case and is I, this going to send a message to dealers not to deal in New Hampshire, or are they still going to run no, the risk? Well, I think they're going to run the risk because it's, you know, the, the, the risks, you know, aren't outweighed by the benefits. They're making a boatload of money. I mean, you know, it, it, it gets back to that generic or that general deterrent versus specific. Mm-hmm. They convict this guy. Yeah, that's a specific deterrent. He's going to be off the street. Right. He's not going to be selling any more dope. Uh, you know, and, it, 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 and you can never prove how it deterred someone else who said, geez, I don't think I'm going to conduct right. my business, you know, but it may give them better pause, may make them smarter, may drive them underneath, you know, have them be a little bit cagier. All right, Jim, I brought you right to the top of the hour. So I appreciate, as always, your time with us here on the Gerard at Large radio show. Okay.